The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. another episode of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we start today, if you have not already, be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join us over on Playback. We're just about to 500 subscribers over there. We've been watching a lot of WNBA games as that season gets underway, or I guess it's already like 10. We're, we're already like six, seven games in for a few teams, so it's it's a lot. It's been a long 
but also very quick last month. Uh, Zach, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Uh, I am enjoying the finals so far, but I'm also excited for the draft in a couple of weeks. How are you doing? Uh, I am tired. This is like the busiest uh, last couple of weeks of my life while I currently try and house hunt and do a bunch of media shit and uh, everything else that I do on top of that. So uh, it's been not that that's not meant as a flex. It's just been, it's been a very early uh, wake up call to being 26. So um, we're here. Well, at least you're making time to podcast with me. So yeah. Yeah. You're special. Um, We are here today to do another player driven breakdown talking about Keontae George out of Baylor Somebody, as much as you and I try to diverge on players, I think you and I, from our talks earlier in the year, seem to be more in line with uh, where we're at on Keontae than I think uh, consensus has been. Um, where do you want to even start with this one? Because I feel like there's a lot to dive into with him. I feel like there's almost more context and stuff that we can talk about with him than anybody that we brought up at this point in the season. I think we could start with the shooting, honestly. I think that's a big part of his game. Um, so I, th- I think we can start with the shooting and work with the offensive side of things and, and go to defense afterwards. Yeah, I got Okay, well, first question I ask, how good of a shooter would you consider him? Uh, out of, so just for reference, at Baylor this past year, shot 33.8% from three on just about seven attempts per game. He got him up on volume, off movement, off pull-ups. Um, so how did you feel about him as a shooter this year, though? So I don't think he shot as well as I thought he would have this year um, by the numbers, but I'm still pretty bought in on the shot. I think when you take into account the type of shots that he was taking, um, he's still a really, really good shot maker. He shot 35.4% on off the dribble threes this year on almost a hundred attempts. So that's pretty decent volume and tough shots, like taking into account his shot difficulty um, and self-created shots as well. I was impressed with the shooting, but there is a big split um, when you look at his guarded shots versus unguarded shots on spot-up shots. So on, actually on synergy, on catch and shoots, um, he was 46.2%, 18 for 39 on unguarded catch and shoot opportunities, but only 26.4%, 23 for 87 on guarded catch and shoot opportunities. So a big discrepancy between those two. Personally, like I said, I'm still really high on the shot. I think he is one of the more impressive shooters in this class, even if the numbers weren't there. I wouldn't say he is the best shooter in this class, but when you take into account off the dribble shot making and shot versatility and um, shot difficulty, I do think he is up towards the top still. What about you? I would agree with that. I think, uh, what's the best way to put it? Um, like when you're factoring in shot difficulty and how much variety there was in it too, I think that there's a lot to parse through with that. Um, I do think just in terms of mechanics, I kind of want to see him clean it up a little bit. And I think there's room for it. Not to say that it's bad, but like it's kind of a weird two motion where he doesn't really get into his release until he's in his jump. So it's like it it feels like uh, exactly like two motions happening instead of it being one. And I do think in some ways like that led to when his shots were more contested, I felt like that played a part in his shots not being as effective. But he does have a really high release point. I do think it could be like a little bit hitchy at times um not again not saying bad hitch but more just like you see it with that two motion so i think some two motion shots can really look like they have a hitch because of how uh um how they go off um but i think when he gets his seat his feet set particularly going forwards i think his shot looks awesome i think 
there's a lot of room for it to improve going side to side in terms of that. And I think that parlays into a big aspect I want to talk about with Yante, and that's how do you feel about his balance as a basketball player, particularly as a ball handler? Well, before we go into that, I want to bring one, one more thing about the shot, yeah. but I do want to go to the balance back after. Um, but with the shot also, I, I do want to add that while we did talk about the shot difficulty, I do think one more thing to note is the shot selection is a flaw, right? So while we can talk about the shot difficulty being really tough, which will make will have some kind of reasoning for the numbers not being as good as you would think, the shot selection can be better as well. And that would also improve his number. So I want to make sure that's clear out there before we get away from the shooting. Yeah. Um, for balance, I don't really, like, I, I think there's weird, like I don't think it's the biggest problem, but there are times where you see him coming off of the screen as a ball handler and he just falls. And it's really weird. I, I think, I don't know if it's, he tripped on someone's foot or he just falls and had bad footwork himself. But I actually do think that he did fall a lot more coming off of screens than I actually anticipated when I was going back and rewatching his film. Yeah, I think to me it's even less about the screens is more well, I don't well, I, I do want to talk about the shot really quick because you're you're totally right on shot selection. I think what's tough for me, I get how good Baylor's offense could be at times this year, but for me, when you just watch them play in the half court, I think that they were very much a team that when they couldn't play an early offense, they struggled to create advantages. And I think to be fair, that does speak at large about Keontae as a potential primary. I don't really see that in the cards for him, most likely. Um, but at the same point, like, I do think it stands out why a lot of the shot selection happens because, you know, they needed it. And I think like, um, again, the shot selection does have to improve. And I think generally, especially going back and rewatching stuff where I get, where I got lower on him was probably just his overall court vision. Um, but I think a lot of that is stuff that we can see improve for sure. But I, I totally agree with you. That's part of what makes him interesting as a combo guard, because, he has a lot of the combo guard traits, and we saw that particularly on the back end of the season. Yeah, but, I agree. Oh, yeah, but yeah I, I was just going to ask you, so going back now that we're off the shooting, I guess one more thing is about the shooting is the pre-college sample. By the way, really, really awesome shooter. Anytime you would watch Especially him before college. Season. Yeah, anytime you'd watch him before college, really good shooter. I thought he was actually one of the best shooters coming into the college season, um, which is probably why I'm still so high on him as a shooter. But I think all of that context is important when evaluating him. But moving back to the balance part that you brought up, where, where did you where did you land there? I think it's uh, it's weird because it, it was not something that I felt played out for me um, at IMG with with the balance stuff. Maybe I didn't watch enough, but I I feel like for me that wasn't something that I noted all that often at IMG. That played out a lot, especially early in Baylor. I think it got a little bit better as the season went on, but particularly on drives. Like I think he struggled a little bit keeping his feet under him um, probably due to just how much contact he was dealing with on drives. I think that's part of it, but also it did just feel like there was a lot of uh, losing his footing or um, especially like in terms of D cell and stuff like that. I don't really think that that's something he has figured out yet. Like I think the idea of Keontae is a three level scorer and he certainly tried to be a three level scorer this year, but I think what is interesting and important to know with him is that, He's kind of got one level down, and I think getting – he's like 0.75 on the next two. Um, I think that there's a lot of room for improvement. And I think uh, – I don't – I'm not ready to pull this one out of the hat yet. But I do have like – there is kind of a trajectory for him that I kind of see potentially moving forward um, off somebody that we've seen uh, in the past that I think does kind of make sense in terms of that combo guard mold and how they've evolved the scores. 
Um, but I think the now biggest I'm interested. Thing, now I'm interested. <laughs> the biggest thing for me with him is just consistency. I think consistency, especially when you are a two guard or, or a combo, whatever you want to call him, like nailing the consistency at the next level is what takes you from being a solid rotation player to a plus starter with some of the potential other tools, which we'll get into. Um, but again, like I think when, well, okay. Do you, do you want to talk about the other aspects of the scoring now with what happens inside the arc? Yeah. Let's go to the finishing. Perfect. Okay. Um, cause a lot of the finishing stuff to me, and this is, I don't want to just skirt this and say it's just because of rolling context, but I think it's so important to note with what made him a successful IMG was being an extremely high level off ball player who attacks second side all the time. Like, yes, he would run pick and roll. He would run a bunch of stuff early in offense too. Like it wasn't like he was just not playing anywhere else, but like he was playing with Jaden Bradley and Jarris Walker and, and Jet Howard. And like, I think with what that offense looked like having like very clear, like he was the primary scorer, but like Jaden Bradley was there to get paint touches, get the offense and rotation. I mean, get the defense and rotation. Jarris was there doing his thing as well. And he had a lot of primary touches. Like, I think my point is at Baylor, he had a more expanded role than he did at IMG in a lot of ways. Um, so I do think that's why we saw some of the efficiency struggles for me, because I think he was asked to do a lot more of, uh, not that he uh, not that he wasn't creating it at IMG, but I think it's a lot more straight up. Okay, well, we need you to create, create at Baylor, um, because I don't as good again as good as the spacing could be in that offense. It felt like teams were much more keen on um, finding the right players to help off of or not be worried by. And again, I think part of that plays into Keontae and his passing and where that's at right now. Um, but I do think like it was very clear in Washington this year that it was a, a different role for him to an extent from where it was last year. And I think that played out because like when you're not attacking Ben defenses as much and, you know, you're not um, as uh, you're not when you're just being approached with a much higher level of uh, of focus on from a defense um, that definitely shows off some of your warts a little bit more. So let me ask you this. If if I were to say, just give me a one word answer, whether you're optimistic or pessimistic about his finishing at the next level, where would you lay? Oh, optimistic. Um, I think I've seen people say that they don't think he's a good athlete and I just don't agree with that. Um, so on that, I, I agree with you, but I will say there are several times on his drives where his like legs just seem to give out and he just, that's where I the feel like all. the balance thing. That's where it's weird. Cause yeah. I feel like to me, I think people took that as he has no verticality. I'm like, I've watched this dude punch it over multiple people in, 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 in youth basketball. And with what he did at IMG, it felt much more like balance to me than a lack of verticality because it like I just I struggled to believe that he just lost all that vertical pop from when he was at IMG I think again part of it to me I think is dealing with as much contact as he did um and how that parlayed into some of the balance issues yeah so to be fair he didn't have any half court dunks this year I do think there was one like a secondary kind of break where the defense was mostly black but mostly black but not fully matched up um but yeah, moving on, I think that I really, really like his aggressiveness on his drives. He does not shy away from contact whatsoever. Really good physicality on that. I think I am very optimistic with him as a finisher. I don't know if the numbers will ever get that much better. I do think they'll get a little bit better. 
But I think his biggest flaw, aside from your balance point, is I think he um, can do a better job of making passes on drives. And sometimes he is forcing up tough shots around the rim with three players around him contesting, and he is more than happy to go through and try to finish through someone who is just up there with good verticality and kicking it out. And I think his, once again, shot difficulty even at the rim is what makes his numbers not look as impressive there, even though he has a bunch of really impressive finishes this year. I think his finishing with his left hand is very good. The finishing with his right hand is very good. He's able to finish through contact. I think everything is actually quite intriguing with him as a finisher. It's just the difficult shots that he has at the rim makes the numbers not look as good. And to be fair, once again, like the shooting, shot selection is important and that needs to get better and kicking it out on drives when the defense is there needs to get better. But in terms of his touch around the rim and his finishing, when he puts the ball up, I am actually, uh, I'm optimistic there. Yeah. I think uh, my biggest thing with him and I, it probably isn't that balance point is I don't really think yeah, he, it feels like he very much only has one speed on drives and that is downhill. <laughs> and I think that was a big issue for him this year because it, it never like, I mean, there were times where it felt like he loved going to that floater and some of those fallaways. He was not good on them this year. He was like fine. And I think again, part of it's the difficulty aspect, but um, I think a lot of it is just like getting that 10th percentile of slowing down a little bit. And I think I'm optimistic on that stuff being able to grow generally because we see guys be able to do that. And I think, Again, a lot's going to be talking more about some of the other latent skills in his game and how much that can afford him extra playing time. Um, but to me, I think that's the the bigger thing because like he he is a good finisher, but he does not have a lot of counters right now. It feels like, um, and it feels like he's too good of a scorer to not have or to not go to some of the counters. And I think a lot of it's just again like it, it's a lot of predetermined decision making, which I feel like comes out in um, some of the turnovers and some of the shots, like you mentioned. Um, but again, like, I think that's stuff that can really improve for sure. Yeah. So just to finish things up with the finishing is I think if he can improve the decision-making and there is some tunnel vision on his drive, I think the defenses know that as well to where when he's driving, they are actually, the defenses were very okay. I think this had to do with his turnovers that we'll get to in a little bit, but defenses were very okay helping off one pass away when he's driving because they know he wasn't going to make that pass all the time. They didn't really care um, if he can make the kick out because he does have tunnel vision at times on his drives and they will be there for the dig or for the stunt and disrupt his drives. And that's where some turnovers came in. So I just want to see improvement there um, because if he does bring that up, he is going to be uh, a really impressive scorer at the rim, I think. 100%. Um, well, yeah, let's talk about his passing. Um because passing was rough um, at times. I think when you consider how much they needed from him uh, and, and what it ended up being, like, I think that he can make good decisions. Um, I think they, or I should say more, he can make the right decisions. Um, but like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think a lot of premeditation, um, I like, like you mentioned, I think I would like to see the, the drives be passes more often than not um that was a that was something that we didn't see a ton of this year in general like I think like he can make some good some some quality some quality passes like okay if um like he's okay getting it to well he he really liked trying to get it to the roller this year that was like his main mode of passing and I think one of the things I would really like to see at the next level is 
getting better at using the roller to at timing his 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 passes with the roller to open up the you know the lifting uh lifting player on the weak side or something like that because i think that's stuff that i felt like he would see the first pass and he wouldn't really see the second pass and sometimes he would force that that pass to the roller um there were a lot of times too where like he would make a pass when a defender like very clearly has hands up right in front of him like stuff like that and i feel like that's stuff that i generally look at i'm like okay well you can improve that but also like it it's not amazing um he puts way too much air on some of his passes too especially when it's going far corner um or just anything across the court um i think he how do you feel about him handling handling double teams because i feel like i think it improved i think it improved as the year went on i think it was a a a rough part early on in the year still think we saw some flaws of it at the back half of the year but i do think there was clear improvements there um but, but moving on to what I'm- I think on the passing is I'm actually optimistic here as well. I think yeah. the the passing projection with him is just such an interesting discussion because he did have some really nice passing flashes this year. I think most of those came from quick decisions, hitting cutters. I think that was one of the best things yeah. he did this year on um, that. And he was a pretty aggressive and creative as a passer. But then on the other hand, those did once again, go into a lot of turnovers. And I think that, um, those turnovers with aggressive passes and missing reads on drives is where you're like, okay, is he a good passer? Is he not a good passer? I would say he was a, a fine passer. Yeah. Um, but when you take into account, he's a freshman. Um, and I, I'd much rather someone be creative and aggressive at his age than yeah. someone who's not looking to make plays. Also, I think it's much easier to, to weigh that back a little bit than to actually add it to your game later. So I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. I really like the aggressiveness with some of that because of that. Um, I'd almost say like it's because I like what you're saying. I think I would add just inconsistent passer. I think he had some really high level reads, mm-hmm. but he also had like a lot of a lot of low level reads too. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I don't want to say like they were like the most high level. Nah, they were high level. I wouldn't say he manipulated the defense very often. I think that's what mm-hmm. I'd say. I think they were yeah. a lot of quick quick reactions, quick processes that he made the right pass, but I don't think he specifically was able to manipulate the defense very often. Um, and that's something that can get better. But but yeah, if you can improve the decision-making, um, I, I think that's really, really good for his game. Like I said, with the finishing, it comes to the passing as well. I think that this could play a big part in his potential success at the next level is just, once again, knowing when to pass on those drives because that becomes a better finisher. That becomes a better passer. We already like the shot. I think he's a really good scorer as well as off the dribble. He can be a really well-rounded offensive player who's just really threatening to defenses if he can figure out this part of his this parts of his game. Um, and then once again, like I said, I like the mentality and the approach that he has with the aggressiveness and the creativeness and just, just cleaning that up a little bit while keeping that mentality. Keep going for those passes with those tight, win- tight windows, but over time learning when it is the right time to make that kind of pass and not we'll just do so much for him yeah no I agree with that um so I feel I feel similarly like I think like it's easy to like pinpoint some of the low lights and be like oh well this is terrible but I think there's generally a lot of good stuff to take away from it um in terms of optimism I should say uh where do you want to go next um so one more thing on the passing is I think while I'm optimistic, this is something that might take a couple of years for it to actually yes. get to the point where you want it to be. 
but that's fine. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but moving on, I think we should just go to his on-ball creation in general. We haven't really talked about that much. Mm-hmm. We did talk about, I gave this off the dribble numbers early, earlier when we started, but I also want to talk about his handles. I think his handles and his step back allow him to create space um, on his shots as well off the dribble. He isn't the most bursty guy on drives, but I think that's fine. I think his handles allow him to create space where he can get a decent enough look for him or a teammate with his handles um, to where he doesn't need a screen. And something that I've enjoyed or something that I've learned a lot over the last few years is there can be really, really good pick and roll players, but at some point, like you can't always rely on a pick and roll to get a good shot. It is very valuable to be able to create good looks without a screen as well. And I actually do think he does fit under that. Um, But moving over to some pick and roll stuff from him, I think he is very capable of punishing all different kinds of, um, coverages. I think he can split defenses. He can punish the drop with the mid-range shot. If they go under, he'll hit a three. If they go over, he'll, like I said, punish a drop or take it to the rim and finish through contact. I think being able to punish different kinds of coverages is very important. Like you brought up earlier, traps, he has to get better at. He did get better at. Um, but yeah, wh- where are you on the on-ball creation? Yeah, I really like what you mentioned. I, I think sometimes his burst has been a little bit undersold to me because exactly like you mentioned, like I think Yes, being bursty is extremely important, but I also think the fact that he has one of the best handles in the class is 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 more important. Like like you mentioned, he's able to displace people by being strong and having a fantastic handle. Um, like it's because uh, I, I would argue, I mean, his handle is more creative than his passing is. Like he does not just have like one go to move that's really easy to pin, pick pocket. Um, and I think his ability to create from standstill was really impressive at times this year. Um, and like you mentioned too, his uh, his ability to create sideways and backwards is really important and huge. And again, I think that speaks more to like, okay, well, what does the jumper get to? Like, you know, do, do we see it more in line with what it was at IMG? Does it continue trending back upwards towards that? Because then I think like that's, that's incredibly impressive in terms of self-creation. And then when you're talking about how different defenses are going to operate at the next level. Um, I think you bring in a lot more interesting things because I think he had some really interesting moments this year attacking bigs on switches and just attacking switch pockets in general. Because to me, that's going to be his primary mode of creation as an on-ball creator, I should say, outside of pick and roll. Like I think if the shot is as good as you and I believe it can be, then that's, I mean, that's incredibly valuable. And then those are the kinds of passes where I'm like, okay, well, if he's able to get into the teeth of the defense there or he draws help. Like I I'm pretty confident in him developing into making those decisions and just punishing a defense through his tools. So, so wow, voice crack. Um, but I'm, I'm very optimistic about that. Yeah. So one more thing I actually forgot to mention um, about the finishing stuff, and it actually does go to the on-ball creation as well. Cause he does use it on some pull-ups, mm-hmm. but I do think he is an impressive foul drawer as well. He has some nice crafts with drawing fouls. I don't want to say it's to Austin Reeves level, what we've seen, but I actually do think he does some stuff that Austin Reeves does um, where on pull-ups he's trying to, to get fouls or he does like, once again, not afraid of contact on his drives, and he does draw a lot of fouls that way. And while the finishing numbers aren't great, if he's getting the free throw line, it doesn't matter as much. So I think that's something to, to touch on with him as well. Um, I think we're mostly done with the offense. I think one more thing, or two more things you could touch on quickly is, I think the scoring gravity could help open up easier passes. Once again, I don't want to get too repetitive with it, 
but it does come down to decision making. Um, yep. because if you are gonna have, like I said, defenses were okay helping off one pass away. Mm-hmm. And those passes, those easy kickouts were already there. So the scoring gravity was already there. It does make easy passes. He has to take advantage of that. That's I think one of the biggest things. And then um, where are you on his off ball movement? Uh, I think it's pretty good. Um, I actually think like it was better for me at IMG, just again, given the role, but I think it's good. And I think to me, that is the biggest upside in his game is becoming like a very high level off ball, off ball mover um, or continuing to grow into like being a plus off ball mover while also being able to, to build him in as a guy who is like, okay, well, you just can't not pay attention to the backside of a defense because he's um, like you can just set quick flare screens for him off the back. Or if you, if you let somebody get screen and he gets open, then you're screwed. And I, I think like he can, um, I think that there's a, a lot that you can do with him as an off ball player without necessarily even have to draw up plays. So I'm, I, I like that aspect of his game. I agree. And I actually think he can be an off movement shooter as well. Not yeah. some crazy off movement shooter who you're going to be running around screens time and time again, but he can run off of screens and, and, know how to read a defense and knock down a shot. So I think that's important with him. Um, but yeah, I actually do think he is one of the more talented offensive players in this class. Um, once again, decision-making has to improve, but if it does, I, I think there aren't many players who can do what he does in the offensive end, honestly. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay. The defense was a roller coaster this year because it yes. started off pretty well. And I thought the activity was really there. And there were times where he definitely was not sure how to play no middle, but I thought played his ass off. So, um, and then it felt like he really grasped the scheme by the end of non-conference play. And then we hit like the middle slash early third of big 12 play. And he just kind of stopped playing defense. Are you kind of in the same thought process there? Yeah, I, I think heading into the year, my biggest thing on the defensive end that I wanted to watch for with him was the consistency side of things. And he did not help me at all in that sense. Um, There are some very dope uh, defensive plays where you can see him using his body to wall off drivers or sliding his feet well to stop drives and um, did a good job at times with their scheme as well. But then you look at his like point of attack defense and his his technique and footwork and he gets caught on his heels too often or he's standing straight up or when he's closing out to someone, he takes an awful angle where they have the easiest path to the rim. Um, it was really rough. Uh, so the defense, I would probably say I was ultimately underwhelmed on that end this year. But I do think that there were enough flashes to leave room for optimism and i guess where i'd go with yeah and this is one of the ones where i don't want to hang my hat too much on pre-college stuff but i really thought that he'd figured this out his senior year at img because his senior year at img like he was legitimately very good defensively after being extremely inconsistent on that end for most of his youth career and then he did this at baylor and i so i don't know what to make of that um i want to be positive on it I think that he's capable of being a, a really solid defender. Um, but exactly like you mentioned, I think that it certainly casts a little bit of doubt, but I I do think I probably ride a little bit more with what my pre-college sample was just because um, I don't know. I feel like we've just seen so many guys who have 
put put good stuff on tape before and then for whatever reason it doesn't show up consistently in college and then they get to the pros and they're put in a different role and it's like oh hey look they this guy's trying and I, I don't know mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be too reductive with it but again like I think I do think there's been a big Keontae George sucks at defense thing and I, he sucked at defense at Baylor but I just I th- just feel more optimistic about it at the league and I could be wrong on that but that's where I'm at right now I think it's fair. I, I think, like I like I mentioned, and like you mentioned, he he was bad at Baylor. Um, a, along with the things that I mentioned, he also likes to use his hands a lot, um, and just not slide with his feet. Like it's just there's just so much that you can talk about from a technique and a footwork perspective with him. Where it's like, okay, these need to improve. He's looks lazy at this time, whatever. But then you see those flashes of he is he has a decent like strength and frame to hold guys, hold his ground um, and, and, and wall guys off. And doing that at the guard position is pretty important. It is tough though. You, you, you can't, you can't be lazy when you're guarding guards, the NBA, cause they're way too good. You have, you have, you have jaw, you have, you have Steph, you have all these guys who will punish you if, if you aren't uh, taking it seriously. So that's something that he's going to have to improve, but I, I do think there is room for optimism. Um, but one more thing I need to talk about is I think it might, like, sure, it's going to matter at some point, but I do think that if the offense comes around, like if the decision-making stuff improves, the defense could still be a negative to where he is also still a really good player. Like, there, yeah, that will make it tough in the playoffs or certain matchups where they want to attack him defensively. Um, and it does make it a little bit more important to have the right kind of defenders around him and you want to have a really good rim protector behind him. But I think the offense, there's a chance that it might just be that good to where you don't want to get too hung up on the defense. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying for sure. And I think that's a fair point. Um, because I think like if you're it's like okay, if if he's this much of a um work in progress offensively, then it makes the defense that much more important. But I also think he's somebody who is like could could very much be like, oh look, this guy just shot 39% from three on really high volume as a as a rookie in the league. Um, like that would not really surprise me all that much. I I would be surprised if he shot 50% from two, but um, I think with all that, I'm like, I, I think that he very much could be somebody who like you put him in the right place in the NBA and, and things like really click. Um, but also, I mean, the counter could happen as well, to be fair, but um, yes, I, I, I like that point. Yeah. Well, once again, if the shot making doesn't translate, the decision making doesn't improve, and then he still could be a good offensive player, but then it leaves less room for error on the defensive side of things. Right. So how good he is in offense will determine how good he has to be on defense. Um, I'm skeptical he'll be that much of a positive on defense, even if there is room for optimism. Um, but yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you on defense, though, before we move on is, did you feel like you got a good enough feel for his technique and his pick and roll defense, or was it too tough with what Baylor does in pick and rolls? Um, I, I feel like yes and no. Like I think that there were a lot of times where he just died on screens at times this year when he did get forced to run through a screen. Um. But generally, and see, again, part of the issue is like, this is where I go back to IMG. I thought he showed real ability to get over screens, to navigate screens, um, to be somebody who like, one of my favorite parts about him, like he's 6'4", like he is like legit 6'4", 6'5". He's not like, I mean, maybe he ends up 
measuring it incorrectly. I mean, incorrectly. I mean, whatever you measure, what you measure. Maybe he ends up measuring differently. But like, I feel pretty confident in saying like he is a bigger guard. Like he's not just a guy who I think ends up being like six two and a half or six three. Like I feel like he has a big wingspan. I feel like he definitely has. Um, like he's listed at one eighty five, but he plays with a lot more strength than that, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like that plays out. So I don't know. Um, I, I feel good about it. Okay. So is there any else, anything else you want to touch about his game or should we move on to more other thoughts about how how we take him, where we like to see him go, maybe some philosophical thoughts around him. Um, or there more skill things you want to touch on? Yeah, no, let's move ahead. Um, I think that there's, there's more stuff to dig into, um, in terms of talking about like larger picture stuff. Awesome. So I guess top 10, yes or no? Depends on the team, I think is where I'm at. I think okay. that he's still very much in play for that. I think outside the lottery would be a little bit too much for me um, because I have seen a lot of people um, who have dropped him outside the lottery, and I just can't really agree with that given the shot-making tools. And um, I just generally think that stuff gets kind of underrated, um, especially when somebody like legit has it. Um, I, I guess people would disagree with me that he legit has it, but I disagree back. So, um, <laughs> like, uh, you tell them. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I think he's a definite, definite lottery, but I think, especially on rewatch, I went from like being somebody who would be like, oh, yeah, if he goes like seven to nine, I don't think it's insane to now I'm like, okay, I get why some people would have Taylor Hendricks over him and other, um, more role playerish guys. Um, but I think he's still a pretty clear lot of talent for me. Yeah, I agree. It, it will always, I, I do think like that five or six to like 17 to 18 range is so like, there's a lot of very nice talents there, but I think it's such a wide range where a lot of that will come down to team fit. Mm-hmm. So it is tough to say top 10 yes or no. I want to say yes, but it will come down to team fit at times. And like, I do think some of the more intriguing fits for me, I want to say like, I think Orlando at 11 is really cool. I think yeah. Toronto, even at 13, is really cool. See, so my only are... issue with him to Orlando is, like, they just have so many guards. Right. Who, like, do stuff without making things. I don't know. It would be it would be fascinating to see. It's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's a tough. good talent play. Like, just the idea of, like, let's add this dude who can be an off-ball mover and who can shoot and initiate some offense for us. I get that, and I think I would like that, but it would be weird. But like, do you... I think him and Slugs are so much different to where I don't care too much there. But like, fair. do you think Cole Anthony and him? Like, I, I think I just prefer Keontae to Cole Anthony, though. So, like, I'm not going to let having Cole Anthony stop me from taking him. Well, yeah, I would agree with that, too. Um, I'm sure like, they still have Fultz, but, like, I don't know. I, I And I, I think there are a lot of differences between him and Suggs to where I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I still think with how they play, like, yeah, Franz has been really good and Powell has been really good. I still think... And I don't think Keontae is going to fix their need of finding that actual number one primary ball handler. I still think it's going to be, okay, even if we get Keontae in Orlando, it's, okay, you can do a little bit of this, you can do a little bit of this, and we're all going to split the responsibilities. I don't think that answer is fixed, but I do think he does give them um, a really interesting guard score. I agree with that. Um, yes, I, 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 I concur with that as well. I think, like, yeah, if he's there at 11, I, I would – be very content to do that with Orlando and then just kind of figure out the rest. Cause they're already at a place where like, regardless of who they take in this draft, they have two big draft picks in this draft. Like it's not just like 
hey, we have like a couple of picks in the 20s. It's like, oh, hey, we have six and 11 in this draft. Let's uh, let's shake some shit up. It's uh, they have six, right? I'm trying to. Make yeah, sure six and 11. I'm still hoping they find a way. <laughs> just finding a way to move up. I just, we'll see if yeah. they can get I'm it like, what are we going to play 12 players a game? What is happening here? I So it is going to be interesting. To see what they do. Right. But yes. Um, OK, give me other ones. So I mentioned Toronto. I, I think a lot of people in Toronto is a weird fit just because of they have a lot of different holes, I feel like, or it's yeah. like what they have, the hole is like the toughest thing to fill, but I do like him in Toronto. Yeah, I don't mind it, especially once they got Yaka Pirtle. I like that because I think the biggest thing for me that I want to see is, like, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think a lot of things that will be solved for him is by just finding ways to play with more pace and tempo in the half court. Um, and working with a big who is very good at doing that will help because – I mean, if we're being blunt, uh, Baylor's bigs are there to roll and dunk and and make short roll passes occasionally. Like they're, it is they play one way, and that is roll hard as shit to the basket. And I think with Pirtle, you get a lot more interesting stuff. Like I don't, I I'm again, I'm not trying to be overly harsh with Baylor's offense because it's incredible. But I think for the kind of player that Keontae is, I don't think it was perfect for him because. Like Baylor would so much rather slip their bigs and set a hard screen. And it's a lot more about trying to play fast as hell and get downhill. And I think like with Keontae, it did really feel at times where he was like playing at a different speed than the rest of the offense at times. Um, Because that's just where he's more comfortable at. I think part of it is like, yeah, getting to, if he can get into playing in in different speeds, I think it's going to be really key for him. And I think that Toronto could be an interesting place for him with that. All right, so a couple more teams. Let's do rapid fire here. Okay, since, okay. We, since we both said top 10 matters, I'm just going to go through the back half of the top 10 and see what you think. So okay. um, Indiana. Uh, I know that they really I'll take want... that as a no. I'll take that as yeah, a no. Yeah, I'm going to say probably no. <laughs> Washington. <If they> did... <laughs> I, indifferent? <laughs> I don't like I'd prefer that he doesn't go to Washington, but I also don't really want anybody to go to Washington until I, I know what they want to do. Honestly. Yeah, I, I what they want to do, I think, has to be figured out and that will determine. But I actually don't mind him in Washington. Yeah, I don't think it's awful, but it's also it's like exactly how I felt about Johnny Davis to Washington last year. Like I like Johnny Davis, but I also don't really know what this means for him and what he what his it's it's weird okay um, then utah i like utah for him actually i okay. think utah would be fun um depends on what happens with jordan clarkson and colin sexton for sure but like i think that um with where they're at i think getting another guard who can create makes a lot of sense and then dallas or i'm gonna know there yeah they I'm already have Jaden hardy so i'm just kind of like nah yeah I, I i'm a no for dallas but okay one last question before we head off here is where are you do you stand confidently in Kaysen versus Keontae one side or the other Ooh, um I know that Benjamin Pfeiffer is going to disagree with us and probably text us in our group chat I still I think that I've gotten closer and more to the idea of I get if you do go with Kaysen for some teams, I think I'm still Keontae over Kaysen. Yeah, I'm Keontae over Kaysen, but I do think it's understandable. I think for me is I think 
Payson's like median outcome, like a realistic median outcome, is probably more likely or or, or more intriguing than Keontae's. But I, I I do think that Kaysen still has somewhat of a low floor um, to, to where not like he's not an NBA player, which I think everyone's floors are not an NBA player, like if we're being honest. Um, but I, I do think that is a, a possibility for him. While I think just uh, Keontae's upside case is, I think, a lot more realistic for me from what I've seen from his film compared to Kaysen. I, like I said before on our yeah. Kaysen pod, I don't like the handle that much or I don't think the burst was good enough in the half core. Well, I, like I said, the intermediate game, I think, is very intriguing with him. I think if there is a path to success as a better offensive player with Kaysen, it is coming from that intermediate kind of game. Um, I just think that it's, while it's possible and likely for Keontae, I, I think that's why I like his upside case a little bit more. Um, but I do think the case for either is is definitely understandable. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Especially, too, like, I think Keontae, I still think that the ceiling from him is potentially like a multi-time all-star. Um, like, I don't think that's insane. Like, do I think it's likely a lot of things have to go right, but also like, I think the biggest thing for me is just the shot. Like I, I know that Kaysen shot okay enough this year, but I just, when you compare the two of them as shooters, it's not even like, I can't put them in the same breath, to be honest. And I think that makes a really big difference for me, especially when you're considering that they're the same size, even though Keontae is probably a little bit taller. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I agree. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else to touch on with Keontae? Um, I'm thinking if I want to float this one out or not. Let, let the name out. <laughs> you, you you teased it earlier. Let the name out that you're talking about. I do just want to say it's not the exact same, but I do think it's a lot of the same principles and ideas. Obviously not what we saw from him during his one and done season at Kentucky, but I think you saw a lot of the same stuff with Keontae this year that Jamal Murray did as a, as a rookie in the NBA. As a guy who is like very clearly still trying to figure out his decision-making process, how to be a scorer at the next level. Am I trying to say that Keontae is Joel Murray? No, but I also do think you can pull a lot of similarities into them in terms of just talking about consistency as a shot maker, um, ability to become a true three-level scorer. Like there were a lot of the same things brought up with Jamal when he was coming out of, is he bursty enough? Is he this? Is he that? Is he actually going to get to the paint enough? Like I know that he shot well on twos and was like got to the free throw line a decent amount of Kentucky, but a lot of that was he played on an awesome team. And I think there were a lot of concerns about that. Again, I'm not trying to paint Keontae George as Jamal Murray 2.0, but I do think that there are a lot of comparisons you can kind of draw between their games and how they, they did get talked about coming out. Um, so I think for me, like, especially considering how much of a, like it, it really took Jamal quite a few years to like hit his stride in the NBA. Like you always saw the flashes and what he could be. Um, and like, yes, he was scoring 17 points per game his second year in the league. But I think when you're talking about where he was drafted and what the expectations were and how long it took, like, I do think you can kind of draw some comparisons there. Um, so yes. Yeah. That is not where I thought you were going to go with it, but interesting. Um when you bring up the burst point, I, I, while I do like Keontae's handle, I do think Jamal was more shifty with yeah. what he can do with his body. And, and his, like he was able to, I think, shift players, defenders more often with his handles just because of how he his loose his body was with that. But yeah, um, I, I do think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I have nothing else to, to touch on with Keontae. I know you and I are, are planning to do the Thompson twins for our next pod. So we'll do both of them, um, hopefully Thursday. And we'll we'll get to, to Scoot and Wemby soon as well. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, to everyone listening, 
Thank you for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, again, go sign up for our playbacks. So you can come hang out and watch games with us. Be sure to uh, go rate and review the show wherever you listen to the pod. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day.